Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Dahlia, and with me today is Vicar Tim. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. So we are discussing your sermon from this past Sunday, and can you remind us what the text was about that you preached on? Yeah, so the text was the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, Very familiar parable to us all. Um, Who is my neighbor? Um, Samaritan helps out this man who is in need and who has been left to die, and of course Jesus tells us this man is your neighbor, go and do likewise. I can imagine that's a little harder to preach on since it is so well known and probably we've all heard it preached on or just taught on quite a bit. Yeah, uh, initially I was actually a little apprehensive to preach on this one, uh, but uh, pastor encouraged me to go for it and so I think it worked out. So Definitely. Well, tell us what is the central teaching of your sermon? Yeah, so the central teaching is that, I guess, we're not the good Samaritan. Jesus is the good Samaritan who saves us. And so I wanted to, I guess, draw this comparison that we're being more like the the priest and the Levite in our lives. And so then we ultimately end up like that dead or half-dead guy on the side of the road. And we can't do anything to save ourselves. And so we then need Jesus to come along have compassion on us, and save us through his death on the cross. Yeah, I really like what you said. I think a lot of times when we do hear about the Good Samaritan, we we have heard it taught or preached on that, that it is about us loving our neighbor. And even at the end of the parable, we have Jesus said, like, go and do likewise. So we do have, like, this command. Um, but... How do you know that the direction of this parable isn't so much about us loving our neighbor, but it's more about Jesus being the good Samaritan? Yeah, well, I was going back to like the initial question of the lawyer, um, which is how do I inherit eternal life? And we know that we can't inherit eternal life by our own works. And of course, the problem with that lawyer is that he skips over the initial part of the answer to his question, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, he jumps straight to how do I love my neighbor? And so I think that really, I mean, the answer to the question is you first have to love the Lord your God. Can we do that? Well, the answer is no, because we sin. And so I think that's why we need to see Jesus as the good Samaritan, because go and do likewise, but we really don't. I mean, if our neighbor is everybody, we're not really helping every single person around us. We just can't do that. Right. We definitely fall short. And you gave a good example, like in your own life, right? Um, like in college with, there was a homeless person that you helped. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's a time where I could think back, oh, look at the good thing I did. And then I kind of think about, oh, and so many other people that I've just passed by in my own life, whether I knew they needed help or didn't know they needed help. And I think that we all have that um, experience where we help people sometimes, but there's so many other people that we could help. And sometimes we don't even know it. Yeah, no, you're right. There's always someone else we could be helping. And even that person we did help. I mean, we still have our sinful natures. It's very unlikely that we did all we could do or we came from 
with like pure motives and all yeah. of that. Like we're still sinning. Like our good works are still soiled with sin in that way. Yeah. So, well, good. Um, how about this? How did you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith or life? Yeah. I mean, I guess just the reality that like we can't help every single person we come across. We, no matter how hard we try, we're never going to be able to do that. Um, that can be really discouraging. I mean, it was discouraging for me when I was thinking about it and writing it. I was like, ah, all these people I could have helped. Like, I didn't even think about it at the time. And now as I'm writing the sermon, I'm thinking about it. And so just knowing that it's ultimately not about the things that we do. Ultimately, it's about the thing that Jesus did. And that's what matters. And that's what our faith is in. And I mean, this doesn't mean that like we we should just say, oh, whatever. It's we shouldn't be helping our neighbor or anything. But it just shows that like ultimately it is about Jesus. It's about what He did, and about Him being the Good Samaritan because we can never live up to the the model of the Good Samaritan. And that's a good approach when we do read these parables, right? Um, it's I think there's a temptation to put ourselves at the center of them, right? Um. But here, keeping it Christ-centered, like Jesus is a good Samaritan. And then the gospel just really shines through, I yeah. think, in the parable. Oh, yeah. What is the significance of the parable talking about the good Samaritan? Just the fact that Jesus chooses, um, when he talks about this man who rescued the man half dead, that he made him a Samaritan, as opposed to, you know, we have the priest and the Levite. Yeah, I mean, so... Samaria is a region like just north of Jerusalem, and um, if you remember your Old Testament history, uh, in this that was where the northern kingdom of Israel was, as opposed to the southern kingdom of Judah. Um, of course, David's descendants were the kings of Judah, and so they were frequently in conflict with Israel. So this conflict is going back nine hundred or so years before the time of Jesus, and. When the northern kingdom of Assyria is destroyed, um, a number of non-Israelite peoples were moved in there, and they intermarried with the locals, and eventually this Samaritan religion developed, which was like, I guess, a hybrid of Judaism and some other non-Jewish elements. And so they had their own little temple on a mountain outside of Samaria, and so the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other over that because both saw themselves as having like the promises that were made to Abraham, but both saw each other as completely losing um, the true faith, and they hated each other because of where they worshipped. And it was so so bad that like most Jews would intentionally go out of their way to avoid entering Samaritan territory. Um. And throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus is actually rather bold in entering Samaritan territory. And so it's kind of building on that that theme. And then just like, no Jewish person would ever expect a Samaritan to stop and help. I mean, I imagine they had caricatures of Samaritans of like these evil, hateful people that wouldn't stop to help and would actively try to harm Jews. Um, so it's just, it's a stunning development. I mean, we don't really... I was going to say that something <laughs> that I think is lost as, yeah, modern day Americans, like we don't, 
you know, just to think if, if you were a Jew back then hearing that story, I'm sure it just really hit you in a way that we're not quite maybe understanding fully. Yeah, it would be scandalous that the priest and Levite, the men of God, wouldn't stop and help, but a Samaritan would. Like, no, that's not how it was supposed to work. And of course, Jesus does that all the time in his parables and his teachings. He, he delivers the opposite of what is expected by his hearers. So yeah, no, th- I think that definitely shows the effect of just Jesus deliberately choosing to have the, the main character of that parable be a Samaritan. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and then too, he just he's uh, calling out the Pharisees and all these religious leaders constantly as well. And yeah. I think that was very unexpected. And so just to get this in his parables as well. Yeah. Interesting. So tell me something about the text that did not make it into the sermon. Yeah, so we didn't really touch on like the first two verses. Um, in the one-year lectionary, you just kind of add on this um, little statement where Jesus tells the disciples, blessed are the eyes um, that see what you see. For I say to you that many prophets and kings wish to see what you see, but they did not see, and hear what you heard, but they did not hear. Um a while I was thinking about trying to do something with that um but I didn't really have something that included that and the good Samaritan so with some encouragement from pastor I ended up going with just the good Samaritan because that's what people are expecting to hear about um but I do think it's interesting that um you know we have the disciples and even the crowds who are seeing all these great and amazing things that Jesus is doing and yet a lot of times they don't always believe and frequently doubt or in the crowd's case, they're chanting crucify him on Good Friday. So I, don't know, I just found that interesting. And I don't know, maybe sometime in my future, I'll come back to that and preach on that if I'm ever in a church that uses the one-year lectionary because it's not in a three-year lectionary anywhere. It's not. It's just the one-year? No. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> three-year lectionary, it's just the Good Samaritan not those two little verses before it. Yeah, that would be something to do later on. Now that you've studied this text, you've preached on the Good Samaritan, maybe the next time you could include those two verses. Yeah. Where do we find the sermon's teaching in the small catechism? Yeah, we find it in a few places. Um, first and most obviously, uh, the Ten Commandments. Um, I mean, the answer that the lawyer gives is um, basically is the summary of the Ten Commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's commandments one through three. Then love your neighbor as yourself, commandments four through ten. And then going even further in, I mean, everything comes back to the first commandment. And that's one of the things I was trying to get at is um, that when we're not loving our neighbor as yourselves, well, we're not. When we break one of the commandments, we're also breaking the first commandment. Um, we're not loving God with all our heart. And then I was just also thinking about how in. Uh, all of the um, commandments about your neighbor, uh, 4 through 10, in explanation, there's always, here's what not to do, and then here's the things that we should be doing in addition as a benefit to our neighbor. So that's there as well in the sermon. And then outside of the commandments, um, there's also the the second article that I was trying to hit at, um, where in the... Um, 
In the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. In the explanation, Luther says, I believe that Jesus Christ, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. So that was part of my, um, really my proclamation of gospel was Jesus saw us there by side of the road, lost, condemned, and dying. And then he purchases and saves us with his blood and with his life on the cross. Now I love that. I love how you can look at the Ten Commandments and you very much see the law um, that that Jesus had told told the man um, when he asked that question, how to inherit eternal life. But then on the other side of it, definitely the gospel with him rescuing the half-dead man um, definitely relates to rescuing us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, very good. This wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermons in the show notes. And you can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. And if you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, you guys. Bye. Bye.